We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Merry Christmas to all, and welcome to week 16 of the NFC East Feast. And what a sweet 16th week it is, as I will repeat, as I have for the past several weeks, all four teams are in the playoffs. We have the best record in all of football at 38-16-2. And And oh, by the way, there's 44 Pro Bowl spots that they give to the NFC and the NFC East holds 21 of them. So if you're not good at math, we take we take about half of those. So we are sitting high. Hope you guys are all having a happy holiday. Uh, George, good to see you back, my friend. Oh, so good to see you guys, man. Before we even hopped on the pod, dude, just seeing your guys' face made me lit up a little bit. The, the Christmas spirit is definitely uh, on the pod right now, man. I feel great to see y'all and great to talk about the feast, man. I, I, I can't wait to get into this. John, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Absolutely, man. Merry Christmas to you, boys. If it's anything that's keeping my spirits up right now, it's uh, it's the Christmas season because... I told you pre-pod, Brian. I'm not. Uh, I'm a little down on both teams for us right now. Yeah, no. It, it was a rough week 15 as we will uh, get into the recap for for a few teams in the division, and I will start with my Dallas Cowboys uh, on a bright spot. Uh, I went to the game on Sunday. I only paid for four quarters, and I was gifted five. So thank you very much, uh, <laughs> National Football League, for that present. But unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, silver linings playbook, as as uh, as I like to call it, and uh, it ended with Dak Prescott throwing his second interception of the game, and somebody called Rayshon Jenkins taking it for a touchdown. I don't know if you all were familiar with Rayshon Jenkins before this game. I sure was not, but guess what? He had two interceptions in this game and eighteen tackles. So I, so I, as I heard wow. the, Jackson, wow. the Jacksonville Jaguars announcer continue to call his name over and over again, and I heard the chance of duo in my ear. <laughs> uh, I became very familiar with him. Uh, very frustrating game for me, boys. Uh, this reminded me a lot of the Green Bay Packers game. We were up by two touchdowns going into halftime. I I went to uh, get some cocktails. I was feeling very merry, and the game just slipped out of my hands. I don't I don't know what went wrong. Uh, I I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here and say it wasn't so much bad Cowboys as as I think the Jaguars are an ascending team. Uh, I talked to a few Jags fans during the game, and and they were complimentary of us saying the Cowboys are good, but 
one guy asked me, who's going to win the AFC South next year? Is it going to be the Colts? And I said, no. The Texans? Hell no. Is it going to be the Tennessee Titans? Maybe. But no, I, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars may be the cream of the crop down there in the AFC South. And they got the job done. They uh, they got the upset victory. And uh, to me, I, I got to put this game on Dak Prescott because we we ran the football well. Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott both had a good game running the football. The defense was a little bit leaky. I'm going to talk about them after after you guys uh, have your say. But it's, to, to me, Dak Prescott, since he's come back off an of injury, he has more interceptions than games played. And in comparison, uh, Costa, shout out to you, sent me a statistic this week that Daniel Jones has a 1% interception rate, whereas Dak Prescott has almost a 4% interception rate. So Dak is throwing four times as many interceptions as Daniel Jones. So Trevor Lawrence beats my $160 million quarterback. We lose in overtime. I'm disgusted. John, how do you feel about this one? Um, you know, I feel like Bree, I feel like B, you kind of, uh, you, you buried the lead there a little bit. There was one positive highlight from the game that you could have highlighted, but it wasn't, it wasn't a Dallas Cowboys highlight. It was a personal highlight, right? Yes, it was. I, you I, feel, I, you feel like sharing the great news with everybody. You're on the right. Pod. You're right. First of all, every, everybody who sent all of the very nice text messages and phone calls and DMS, mm-hmm. I proposed to my girlfriend, now fiance, Amy, it was amazing. Despite the loss, it was probably the best day of my life. Thank you for bringing that up. I th- thank yeah. you. Thank you guys very B. much. Congratulations, Amy. I appreciate that, guys. Um, she was totally shocked. It was amazing. The way it went down, I found the perfect girl to take the video. She was she had such an honor to do it. She was she was amazed. We got a standing ovation from the crowd. People I were high fiving us. It was <laughs> I felt I felt like a celebrity. Um, But soon thereafter, the Dallas Cowboys disappointed me as they have the past 36 years of my life. But, John, I appreciate (laughs) you pointing that out. It it, it was it was a great day. She was Uh, totally surprised, man. It was was shocked. Like, yeah, she was totally shocked. And just I don't know the, the how real her face looked. And like it was just very authentic. And I don't know, man, it was a beautiful thing. It really was. I think everyone should watch that video. Uh, It was it was awesome, man. Thank you, Absolutely. guys. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Well, John, throw throw some water on my fire of love and, and talk <laughs> about my Dallas Cowboys. Man, so I, I kind of agree with your sentiment about, you know, was this bad Cowboys? Uh, I don't know so much as maybe good Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars have played a lot of teams tough this year. They've had a couple of head-scratcher games, but they've kept themselves in it. And the past, like, five weeks, I think it is, Trevor Lawrence, might even be the past six or seven weeks, Um is like a top five quarterback uh, statistically in the NFL. So the prince that was promised, as Nick Wright likes to call him, which I love, big Game of Thrones fan myself, um, is is just playing out of his shoes, and, and the team really is ascending. I think so. Uh, most frustrating thing that I that I thought about watching um, watching the end of the game there last week. I mentioned Dak throws a pick that was kind of a funky pick that like Noah Brown it like deflected off of his shoulder. Almost the exact same thing to finish the game. Just a just a not well-placed ball by Dak. So it's like, I don't know if you can even put that one on Dak. I mean, it's a weird tip and an insane interception at the end of the game to, to you know, 
for Rashawn Jenkins to pick that off and then have enough balance and stability to keep himself up and take it to the house. Um, I think statistically, like you guys played a good game. I think you, you wish you could have gotten a little bit more out of the run game, but Dak spread the ball around pretty well. Um, CD lamb got 126 yards. So he's, he's playing really well still. Um, he's definitely an ascending player for you guys heading into the playoffs. Um, and Dak, his numbers weren't terrible outside of the two interceptions. So it's like, of course you can't make the timely mistakes and it just so happened that you guys were victim to that this week, but Trevor Lawrence and had, had his team ready to go, man. And Travis Etienne, which you talked about, um, you know, you had to limit him and he hadn't looked great the first couple, the couple of weeks coming into the game, but you know, he breaks 103 yards. Zay Jones plays out of his shoes. Maybe the best game he's had all freaking season. Yes. It's hard, man. The the NFL's hard, like we say, week in and week out. And the Jags, I think, are an underrated team. I agree, George. How about you? I'd, I'd, I'd have to agree about the Jags. I mean, they might actually end up winning the AFC South. Mm-hmm. I mean, we 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 can't forget they just put a beat down on the Titans, dude. Yeah, I mean yep. they've they've looked great. Zay Jones three touchdowns, Ooh. definitely by far the best 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 ball game of his career um but no they've been, they've been playing as an inspiring team dude and, and i'm sure b felt it in the in the stands and and duval and dude 500 plus yards Oof. on offense and, and and i guess that would say something about the jaguars but it would also say something about the cowboys let's not forget that the defense did not look great um you know uh trevor squeezed the balls in uh etn did his, did his thing but they did not look like the Cowboys from the first, you know, ten to twelve weeks of this year. It was, it was eye opening to see how how easy the Jaguars were were running the ball down their throat at the end of the game. Yeah, um, I think I think there were uh, Cowboys were up twenty seven ten by the third quarter. I want to say correct. And right after that, dude, they just started picking it up. And yeah, man, I think the Jaguars are a scary team and. And I'll say I'm scared about the second half, of, or I guess we're already here, but I'm scared of the playoffs for the Cowboys if they don't get this corrected. Yeah, th- this is this is my 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 nightmare, boys. Uh, I, <laughs> I I I talked about it last week. Uh, I feel like when when John and I were just talking, you literally like, yep, that that every single one of these thoughts. <laughs> no, you guys nailed it. No, you guys are one thousand percent correct on every single take you just said. Uh, Jordan Lewis is out for the season. Anthony Brown is out for the season. Uh, Deron Bland. I, we all love Deron Bland, the, the fifth-round rookie. He had an interception this game. I love Deron Bland. I love Trayvon Diggs. But we have boss man fat, Kelvin Joseph, getting burnt. Both yeah, of those, Zay Jones. Oh, bad, 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 bad. Yeah. I wanted Zay to Jones. mention that. Yeah. Those Zay Jones touchdowns are on Kelvin Jones. Dude, just clear like nah, it's not good, man. It's, like it's you ugly. Stole something, bro. Bad. Yes, Terrence Newman vibes, and and we also have a Nashawn Wright, um, a tall, thin corner we drafted uh, last year, also getting burnt. Uh, the secondary is a concern for me. We 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 picked up Trayvon Mullen. Um, someone who was drafted by the Raiders a couple years ago, the Cardinals cut him. Like no relation, I'm assuming. Yeah, no, 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 no. We, we, it's <laughs> it's desperate times and desperate measures in Big D. I want to think that this defense is going to be the reason that we can make a run. 
Like I, despite Dak's mistakes, I wanted to see my defense make a play to pick us up. Tony Pollard, as I said, played pretty well in this game. Ezekiel Elliott moved the pile in this game. And and when my running game can be that effective, I want to see the defense force enough turnovers. They did. They did force turnovers in this game. Did you like the play calling? Ooh, good call, George. Good call. I'm glad you brought me there. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I, I think that this may have exposed the Cowboys on several levels in this game. Not only is the defense not as good as we think, Perhaps the coaching staff isn't as good as we think. I think Trevor Lawrence, as we have all applauded him uh, the past 10 minutes, finally has the coach in Doug Peterson, who we all know very well, that is ascending him as an NFL football player. The Dallas Cowboys coaching staff may be handicapping this team. And Mike McCarthy is who he is. I still love Dan Quinn as my defensive coordinator. Yeah. it's, I was it's talking, just, yeah. In terms of Kellen Moore, I was really. Yes. Oh, that. for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, this is yeah. suspect. This is suspect. This is the time where I need Kellen Moore to draw up a play to win me a football game. You're up by 17 <sighs> in the second half. It's the Jacksonville freaking Jaguars. As much as we think that they are a pretty good team, you got to win this game, man. Yeah. And it it's 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 not a mystery. We we barely beat the Houston Texans. We deserve this loss, and I don't have a lot of confidence going forward. I don't know. I mean, we kind of switched to the offense there, but I did want to mention about the defense. I don't know how – I mean, obviously, any game where you give up 500 yards is not a good performance, but yeah, the Cowboys were leading the NFL just a couple of, couple of weeks ago, two, three short weeks ago, in sacks, and want to come out of this game with one sack. One sack, yeah. You pressure Trevor Lawrence or any young quarterback, that's usually the key to victory, and – Kind of a surprise to see that stat. Uh, I definitely kind of agree with you guys' sentiments, though. I think in in the NFL, uh, in this day and age, I'm not so sure that Dan Quinn makes for the best head coach as far as defense, uh, being defensive-minded. But, yeah, I think a uh, maybe a regime change um, from Mike McCarthy or even maybe just if Mike McCarthy's smart and brings in another newer, more aggressive O.C., that can, like you said, draw up a play to, you know, to capitalize in overtime. Or maybe Mike McCarthy just gets his fat ass fired and we elevate (laughs) Dan Quinn to head coach and he'll figure out the rest. George, do you have any final thoughts on this game? Because I'm disgusted. No, man, I, I, I think, I think we've, I think we've gotten everything out of the way. Um, I don't think Dak is done by any means. I, I think that he's, he's confident going into every week. Uh, you know, but I, I want to ask you the one last question though. When they okay. when the Jaguars started kind of coming back there in the third and fourth quarter, were you worried or confident that the Cowboys were going to close the game? Oh, I was confident, brother. My girlfriend really? had okay. already said yes to the proposal. I was getting double drinks at the bar. Yeah. I do, I <laughs> I do. I literally looked her I looked at her in the eye as the game went to overtime and, and the momentum was shifting. I said, Babe. We're we're gonna get married. This is God's oh, plan. Yes. Like the the Cowboys have to win. Like this, it's it's all good. And like what's what's crazy is right before the game ceiling pick six, the guy behind us, who was a really nice guy by the way, goes, "I'm feeling an interception right here." And then oh. very the very next pass pick six, and I turned around. 
I'm like, did you just call that? And he just gave me the fist bump. He goes, yeah, I did, man. Congratulations. And I was like, oh. I was cool with you, though. I was. I'm not going to lie, because I know how you get beat sometimes. You're, you know, you're always very passionate about ignorance. You can say it. You and, can say and, it a little ignorant. ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was, was there. There was no altercations in those stands that game. No, no. No. Jaguars okay. fans okay. are pretty cool. I have to say all right, that. All right. Very cool. Jaguars very cool. Nation, as much as yeah. I gave it out, they gave it right back. But at the end of the game. They were very much like congratulatory and 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 gave me a hug and it was it was all love. Very it was cool. all love. Very cool. It was. Well, let's move on to uh, another game that was, although the the result we thought it was going to happen, the way we got there was a, a little weird because the Chicago Bears were leading the Philadelphia Eagles six to three at halftime, uh, because they played physical football, and they injured Jalen Hurts. Uh, but Jalen Hurts used his legs to get two rushing touchdowns in this game. And the Eagles end up getting a tough road victory, 25-20 to 20 against the Chicago Bears. And uh, this, uh, A.J. Brown, 181 receiving yards in this game, continues to be oh, probably the, the most valuable offseason pickup I've ever seen. Uh, Hassan Reddick gets a couple sacks in this game. Hassan Reddick is putting up similar numbers to uh, Micah Parsons. And nobody talks about him for defensive player of the year. He is the first player in the history of the NFL to have over 10 sacks in three straight years with three different teams. So I'm, I'm really happy to, to, to see that success for him. But it's, it just speaks to, I think, the resilience of this Eagles team that when they don't show up, they still get a win. Uh, Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback in this game, uh, ran the ball very effectively. He's only the third quarterback in NFL history to go over a thousand yards rushing, joining uh, Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson. So, like the, the Eagles were 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 on their heels in this game. I mean, he has I, to run though. He has. To. He has to. No, yeah. yes, no. The Bears have zero weapons. Darnell Mooney's on IR. They have Cole Komet and the the Chase Chase Claypool. By the way, they they haven't won a single game since they traded for Chase Claypool. Although I do like Chase Claypool. It just isn't clicking yet. But, yeah. you know, the the Bears are, are, are not the team that's going to beat the Eagles, but the Jaguars are not the team that's going to beat the Cowboys. But the Jaguars did beat the Cowboys because the Cowboys are susceptible. The Eagles, I think, at this point in the season, are bulletproof to the NFC. I'm not going to pretend like if this was the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs that the Eagles wouldn't have walked off with an L. But, the Eagles get the job done. They get a gritty road victory. And I still think that there's not a team in this conference that can stand up to Philly. John, how about you? Yeah, uh, I was really surprised. We talked about it pre-pod or we recapped it pre-pod. Lutz was the only one that picked this game correct. Uh, you and I Shout out. at least thought Lutz that. Because Lutz hates uh, the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, one thing that he slipped in after Brian and I had both made our kind of uh, taken our opinions and uh, and made our picks on it was that the Bears were coming off of a bye week. So they were obviously prepared for this Eagles team as much as any team can be, right? But like you said, to your point, the Eagles offense just even starting funky and not scoring in the first quarter, they just get it done, man. I mean – 181 yards for A.J. Brown. That's <laughs> insane, dude. But then Devonta Smith puts up 126 right behind him. So Pretty like, good. it's like pick your poison, right? And the running game kind of stayed at bay, but it stayed at bay because Jalen Hurts did with, with his legs exactly what he needed to do. 
right? To George's point, Justin Fields on the opposite side of the ball has to run for that offense to be successful. Whereas Jalen Hurts, it's like he places them, you know? Yes. It's like that fucking dagger three that Steph Curry and the Warriors hit where you're like, gosh, we just can't climb out of this hole anymore. How Like that one touchdown that he had, it, it was literally the freaking Red Sea parted in front of him. There was nobody yep. for 20, 30 yards. So I don't know. I, I think it will be interesting if the Eagles, if we end up with like an Eagles 49ers matchup, I think that'll be really tasty. I think that'll be probably one of the funnest NFC games to watch because I yes. think that's a team that can compete with the Eagles. But to your point, B, like they just, they just look really good. George? Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, Jalen Hurts, 22 for 37, 315, and two picks, <laughs> no touchdowns. Kind of a, I wouldn't even say so-so stat, stat line. <laughs> Not the greatest stat line. Um, but I will say this. I, I've noticed something about the Eagles, um, specifically when going against mobile quarterbacks. Uh, with I think when they went against Arizona with Kyler Murray, I think it was 17-20. Justin Fields, 20-5. to They're... I think that might be a little bit of a weakness for them. So let's say they do make it all the way to the Super Bowl and they play someone like Patty Mahomes or someone like that. I think that could be an interesting matchup uh, for Mm -hmm. them if they were to get it that far. But again, I don't know if Devontae um, and uh, and AJ Brown are Pro Bowlers, but they have. I mean, I'm assuming they're both Pro Bowlers. Well, AJ Brown is a Pro Bowler. I I honestly think they both deserve to be. I think Mm -hmm. they have the best wide receiver in tandem and the league. I mean, could you, argue, could you argue with that? No, no, no argument here. It's, it's Not just wild what they're doing out there. And, and I think it's, it's making Jalen maybe look a little bit better than he is. As far as the passing game goes, I still think he's a great quarterback, uh, but having receivers like these guys, is just unbelievable. I think they're averaging, um, I think 20 to 25 yards, a reception. Like that's just wild to me. Wild. Um, so they're not scared to throw the ball downfield. You, you see a lot of double, double moves, not a lot of dinking dunks, man. Jalen's throwing the ball down the field. And, uh, yeah, the Eagles are good. <laughs> they're good. <laughs> they're good, dude. <laughs> well, George, before I get into my power rankings, I appreciate you alluding into the Pro Bowlers. I talked about it to open the show about how literally half of the NFC Pro Bowl roster comes from this fantastic division. The Eagles have three offensive linemen in the Pro Bowl. Wow. Uh, we've got Lane Johnson, we've got Jason Kelsey, and we've got Landon Dickerson, probably the, the unknown of the group. And uh, obvi- uh, three of the four Pro Bowl NFC receivers come from our division. We've got A.J. Brown, we've got C.D. Lamb, and shout out to Scary Terry McLaurin making his, his first Pro Bowl. Very well oh, yeah. deserved. Um, the, the Eagles had eight Pro Bowlers that leads the NFL. The Cowboys are second with seven. The Commanders had... Uh, Four, and my favorite one, guys, I want to hear um, both of your thoughts on this. I literally teared up more in in the video to see uh, Ron Rivera hug Jeremy Reeves Jeremy than I did of my engagement yeah. video. Like, to see <laughs> the camaraderie of that team, you guys got Tress Way, you guys got John Allen. I think... I, I think this is a special division right now. I think it. I think it's. I think we're the goat. Yeah, I agree. I agree man. And man, what a freaking awesome video! It's like to see how far Jeremy Reeves has come, and and the fact that he never gave up. Man, he's been like I think it's like two or three seasons that he's played his heart out uh, in in uh, training camp and in many in many camps, and ended up just getting practice squatted with us, but fought his way through like two years in a row, and then ends up on the freaking 
ends up on the roster. His mom passes this year and then fights through all of that to be a freaking Pro Bowl special teamer. Like, freaking hats off to him, awesome. dude. Yeah, you could, you could tell the the emotion was just – it was in a deep place for him um, for how much he's worked uh, these last few years. And and I got to say, man, in the NFL, the Redskins have the best punt team by far. Yeah. Like dude, their punt dude, team Tressway is, is – like, Tressway should be a pro bowler every year, by the way. Like, yes. He, I don't, like, he's the best player he, on our team a lot of times. He's guaranteed – he really is our – no, he's absolutely our best player on the team, John. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no denying it. Um, uh, but you Terry, know, when, I don't know. I put Terry up there. I'm just saying for what he does. Yeah. For what he does. Um, you know, if when he's punting at their 40, you know, you're getting it at the seven yard line. Like yep. it, it's just a guaranteed and, and it really helps. It helps our defense quite, uh, quite often. And it, I think it makes our defense look a lot better than maybe we are too. And, and trust has a lot to do with that. But not only that, the gunners like Jeremy Reeves do too. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, I'm going to get into the power rankings. Now, before I do, though, I want to shout out oh, the New oh, York oh. Giants. We don't want to recap the Giants-Washington game? Damn. Okay, let's talk about the Giants-Washington. Let's talk about <laughs> it, guys. I, I appreciate you alluding to it. And I'm going to let you guys get into the first 58 minutes, but I just want to talk about the last two because oof, I oof. saw a lot of controversy. Uh, a, a Pro Bowl receiver by the name of Terry McLaurin looks over at the referee, checks that he's on the line of scrimmage. The referee gives him the thumbs up. The Redskins score a touchdown, and a penalty flag comes out. It gets negated. But the referee. Couple, yes. And a couple plays later, Taylor Heineke throws a pass to Curtis Samuel, and he is mugged as a New York City thug would do, and no flag is thrown. <laughs> Like what is going on, boys? Like this was a this is exactly the game I thought. This was exactly what I thought. I thought two very good playoff caliber teams were going to fight tooth and nail to the final minute. The New York Giants get it done, but not not clouded without a little bit of controversy. George, do you guys, as a Commanders Nation, feel that you're still the better team than the New York Football Giants? Yeah, I mean it's hard to tell. Like you know, I could I could easily point at the referees for this. You know, I I think we had a lot of more opportunities uh, than those in the final seconds. I don't think we should have got it to that point um, by any means. I think you know, John and myself talked pre pod, and you know, we kind of gave up the run game. You know, we were averaging. Uh, I think John said seven point five yards a carry with Brian Robinson and only twelve carries. You know, that's how we that's how we beat the Eagles, man. You know, that's how we that's how we're beating these teams and and giving up on the run like that. And, you know, Heineke's not built like that. And uh, and, I, you know, a lot of people are saying get Heineke out and this and that. No, a lot, I, I of, think people, Heineke, yeah, a lot of people I calling think, for a quarterback on change now. I think Heineke is the guy right now. I, I don't I don't want to see a change. I think that's a little bit more on the play calling. Um, so I, you know, I'm team Heineke right now, but that, that could change. I, I don't want, I don't want Wentz back in there, man. I, I just don't have the confidence. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't have the camaraderie with the team. You know, I don't know. I just, I don't want to keep seeing changes. I think the players are with Heineke right now, but yeah, man, the, the, the defense played 
relatively well. Saquon got his, you know, he broke some ankles, John Bostic specifically. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that play, but it yeah. was, it was, it was pretty brutal. Bostic coming back for, from being a free agent. I don't know if he's going to have a job next year, but uh, I'm sure he's just fine. But uh, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was a tough one. And the ending didn't help, man. It, it was very frustrating. I, I saw the text message from uh from john you know during the end of that game and it, it just you know you, you start to think that maybe something's up and that's not necessarily a conspiracy theory whatsoever i i think that people are actually talking about maybe looking into this further yep. uh you know up the ladder a little bit to see if you know some funky stuff has happened in the nba you know wait maybe maybe we're seeing something similar in the nfl how about you john yeah i mean I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to jump to the conspiracy theories, but gosh, it really did feel off, man. It really did. I, and the other reason I feel like I don't want to jump to that conclusion just yet is because we've benefited from these two, right? So like, as much as I want to be upset at the refs, we benefited from okay. a couple of calls yeah. in the Eagles game specifically. Mm-hmm. But just this whole season, I just think refereeing has been pretty bad. And I think the call nationally from a lot of the talking heads right now to uh, full-time these refs, I think is is probably going to start hitting the NFL's ears um, because a lot of these refs have second jobs and you know th- better paying jobs in some cases from what I've really? read like some of them are attorneys yeah dude so um, I definitely think it could get better I think the NFL needs to take a long hard look at officiating over the next couple of seasons and see how they can make things better because to to kind of recap before I get into the last two minutes because it was frustrating. Um, but just a quick note, uh, to our MVP, or not MVP, well, maybe MVP, but Pro Bowl punter put two inside the 10 this game. So it wasn't for lack of, you know, bad breaks, in my opinion, throughout the whole entire game, or at least leading up to that point that Washington was down. We did some things correctly. Um, but then we shot ourselves in the foot a lot too. Like George mentioned, getting away from the run game, but then there's situations where we've got, Brian Robinson, who ends up averaging 7.4. We've got Antonio Gibson, who's averaging 4.6. And on a third and three, we do a jet sweep to Kayvon Thibodeau with Curtis Samuel. Kayvon Thibodeau was was ripping that game up. I mean, he looked like the all-star that they drafted. He was wreaking havoc on the offense, uh, especially on the offensive line, um, who didn't have the best game for us. So... There were a lot of things that we could have done better. I think there were some questionable offensive calls. Scott Turner, I thought, was going to be the better of the two coordinators coming into the year. And now that we've kind of got a full picture of it, we've rode the roller coaster. I think Del Rio is is proving that he's kind of still the you know the old kind of crusty veteran that still has a little bit of, of something in the tank as far as coaching. Whereas Scott Turner's got me questioning his ability now because Every that year. game should have been ours for the taking. And the fact that we had to put it in Taylor Heineke's hands again to, to hopefully sprinkle some magic, you know, magic into, into the game and drive down the field in hopes of tying it again. This wasn't even a, this wasn't going to be a game winning, winning uh, score. Right. So we get down to the final drive commanders, do make a nice push down the field, which again, there were, there were moments where our offense really was rolling and 
Brian kind of already broke down the plays, but the Terry one is irritating, right? Because it's procedural. It looked like he checked. He also scoots up, but then he gets put in a bad spot because then the motion man starts. So if he moves, it's offsides while the motion man starts. Um, so th- he, it was kind of complex, right? It sucks. It It's a techie sort of foul. That one wouldn't sting, wouldn't have stung as bad if the Curtis Samuel one got the recognition that I think everyone would agree it deserved. Throw that flag. I know you don't want to throw a flag in a big moment, but that was like beyond clear and obvious, right? Like he's getting completely mugged. And the statement out by the NFL refs afterwards, whatever their organization is that puts out statements for them, basically came back and said, well, that's a subjective call. And the ref that was, you know, responsible for watching that didn't feel that it rose to that level. And you're like, number one, even if we get that call, we still have to score a touchdown. And then we have to score a two point conversion in order to even tie the game. So uh, again, I don't want to put this all on the refs because Washington had a hell of a a lot of work to do, but like you can't let that's just as bad as calling a terrible pass interference that wasn't really a DPI. You know, it's like that is pretty clear and obvious in my opinion, but what do I know? I'm not an NFL ref. I don't know. I, the fact that we had three freaking weeks to prepare for this team, essentially, yeah, and, and a bye tough. week in between the yeah. games, this game should have never been close. So there is a little bit of me that doesn't, I don't, I like Heineke and I want him to, I think that he's still the guy for the team right now, but there's a piece of me that wonders with this run game, now the way that it's working, yeah. could Carson stabilize things a little bit and just not make it? I mean, guys, Heineke was freaking 58% yeah. completion rating, yeah. 249 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that is that is not an NFL quarterback, and I think we all know that. But I'm happy to see some, you know, Jahan show out. Like, we had a couple of highlight moments, but gosh, dude, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth when, when it's a game we should have won. Jahan the Don Dotson, the Pepsi Rookie of the Week. You got to love the kid, boys, as much as you are disappointed in the loss. Had 100 yards and a touchdown. He continues to get better. If the Commanders are to make a playoff run, that kid is going to be a big part of it. And for the New York football Giants, how about the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, Kayvon Thibodeau, 12 tackles. Uh, a sack, a forced fumble that he picked up and took for a touchdown. It was not for Freaking. Kayvon Thibodeau. The Commanders win that game. Like, what a great draft pick by the front office of the New York Giants. He's got a and the Giants, dude. He just the Giants are gritty, off. man. They're they are. Gritty team. They are. Shout out to, to Brian Dable and that coaching staff. And yeah. I, the only the only team I didn't shout out uh, was the Giants Pro Bowlers. One of them, clearly Saquon Barkley, who was breaking ankles. Awesome to see Saquon back in the Pro Bowl, and uh, sexy Dexy Dexter Lawrence. Oh, a lot nice, of what Kayvon, yeah. well, a lot of what Kayvon Thibodeau does is because Dexter Lawrence plugs up those holes. So the the Giants are for real. And guys, this is going to lead me to the power rankings and the Eagles. Clear number one. Clear number one. I, I last week I was like almost like flirting with the Cowboys. Can they be close <laughs> to second? No, the Cowboys are number two, and. The Washington Commanders and New York Giants played twice, and the Commanders did not beat them any of those two times. The New York Giants are number three. Mm -hmm. The Washington Commanders are still in the playoffs. We are the best division in football. No disrespect. No disrespect, John. But 
The commanders are fourth. Do you disagree? I don't disagree. It's frustrating. It's it feels weird to be. I mean, I'm I'm obviously clearly irritated by the the outcome of the game, but the fact that we're still in the playoffs, it's partly because of that tie, right? I mean, we had enough yes. grit to at least come back and win one of those two games, or not win, but tie one of those two games. So yeah, I mean, hey, there's there's still a chance. So, but I do. I think I agree. I think those are right, George. Oh man. Shake it up, brother. Shake it up. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, man. I haven't I don't think I've put the Eagles number one uh for a while, but I'm definitely putting them one number one now ever since I've seen that, that Jaguars game. So yeah, I'll go I'll go Eagles one, boys two. Whew. I I truly think we're the better team. I mean if I it's think based, more time. I, I think I, I think I, I gotta put us at number three in the in the G Men's G Men at four. I mean if you're looking, you know, black and white on paper, of course the Giants, but I just think we have more talent um in a lot of different areas. And yeah, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna put us at three. I am I'm not mad at you. So George yeah. said the Giants at four and George tonight. It's not it's not about black and white. It's about red and green because it's the holiday season. Let's dive into week 16 and let's start off with George's fourth place team. They're going to travel to <laughs> Minneapolis to face the Minnesota Vikings, who just had the greatest comeback in the history of the NFL. And I am going to lean on the team that we saw in the second half of that game, Vikings versus Colts, is more of the real Vikings team. I think Minnesota is going to carry the second half of that game to Christmas Eve. I think the Vikings are clearly the better team here. I've got Minnesota to cover easily. I mean, Minnesota right now is sitting at... Four-point favorite. I've got Minnesota to win by 10. I'm going to go. Justin Jefferson has a field day with a weak Giants secondary. I got Vikings 30-20. to For all of you who are in the fantasy playoffs, get Kirk Cousins. You like that. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. I think the Vikings clearly win this game because they are the better team john how about you yeah i mean i would agree that the vikings i think come out with the w but i just we've watched too many close giants games this year and again they're a gritty team man i mean we can knock their their roster all we want and we openly do uh but dayball and that coaching staff keeps these guys in games man they're gonna come out prepared um i do think that the vikings should be too much for for this team. Um, there's they have too many offensive weapons. Their defense plays well in stretches, and we see what happens. I mean, I don't know how they are how they match up against the run exactly, but if the Giants get away from Saquon Barkley, we see what happens typically. Um, yeah. So if Saquon doesn't get going, the Giants' offense usually struggles. I don't think that that's necessarily going to happen here. I think it stays a little bit closer. Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings 28, Giants 24. So if we're talking minus four as a push, just a dead even. Push. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily believe in the Vikings like like you do, B. I mean, they, they lost to the Lions recently. They came back yeah. and they came back to beat the Colts. Like, I just, you know, there's not a ton of belief there, especially with me and Kirk Cousins. 
I think if they, they <laughs> I, I think uh, if Saquon does is able to run the ball to John's point, I think that they kind of manage the clock in that way, right? They try to slow down the clock. They, you know, they run the ball a ton. Their defense plays well. They hopefully get they get a few three and outs. I actually like the Giants in this game surprisingly. What? Um, yeah, as as the upset, dude. I really do. I I, I think if Saquon is still healthy and is able to run the ball, I mean. Minnesota's defense? I mean, dude, they gave up 36 against the Colts, bro. Yeah, you're right. So I, I, I don't think it's outlandish to pick the Giants here. Um, you I know, don't four, either. Four-point favorite, you're at home, that gives you three. That means you're basically a matchup play yeah. uh, to Vegas. So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, B, if the Vikings do win by 10, but I'd also not be surprised if the, if the Giants win this game. So I'm going to kick Giants. 19 to 20. Dude, I, I respect the prediction, man. And and uh, you are correct. Saquon Barkley is healthy, as you saw him put John Bostic on his ass. Like, I, I think <laughs> Thanks, we, <friend>. Thanks. <laughs> we were a little bit worried. Like, Saquon started the year leading the league in rushing. We thought maybe coming off the repaired ACL, he was tailing off. Last week was one of his best games of the season. I think the Giants can lean on Andrew Thomas in that offensive line, run the ball with Saquon Barkley, and make this game respectable. I just have a feeling. I have a feeling that that second half sparked. Um, I love Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings coach. I yeah. think. I think this for me. Ex Washington coach, great. Uh, sh- yeah, you guys, you guys have the best. Ex- you guys have the greatest ex coaching staff great. of all time. Thanks, Bruce Allen. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think. Uh, I think one of us is going to be very right, and one of us can be very wrong. But that that that's yeah. a great game. But both of these teams, right? I mean, they've uh, maybe not both, but the Vikings have had weird games this year. Yeah. So oh, I yes. agree with George. Like, it, it's definitely not far fetched the Giants win this game. But this is this is this. I think more than anything is a coin flip game. I don't know what Ludz is going to say. We'll bring him on in a little bit. Yeah. I'm but curious, for yeah. me, for me, although I picked plus ten because I like to get cute, I think um, taking the Giants plus four. If I'm a betting man. Not not a bad pick whatsoever. Yeah. All right, let's get into the four o'clock games on Saturday. And guys, I would if you parlay don't parlay that with the under, if you're going to take the G man though, for sure. Ooh, yeah. I like to live. Yeah. I like to yeah. live dangerously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all of these games, guy. By the way, um, these are Christmas Eve games, which is yeah. Saturday the twenty fourth. The NFL is doing something a little bit weird. We we have three Christmas Day games, but all three of our Christmas Eve games. Um, are going to be on Saturday. So, so be sure to tune in on Saturday. And I want to get it into the Washington Commanders traveling to the Bay Area oh, wow. to face the upstart San Francisco 49ers. And uh, I've heard a lot of hype um, the past couple weeks about Brock Purdy. And I even heard Colin Coward say, oh, these days, uh, everybody wants to leave college early, but Brock Purdy stayed four years. <laughs> well, well, hey, Colin, he stayed four years and he was one pick away from being undrafted. Okay. So call him the hype train on Brock Purdy. And George, I know you don't look all smug. You love the San Francisco 49ers. And guess what? Their three best players, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel and George Kittle are all as injury prone as I've ever seen in the NFL. Debo Samuel is out this game. I got a stat for you, Commanders fans. The Washington Commanders defense have held their opponents to 24 points or fewer in the last 10 games. Wow. That 
is the biggest streak in the National Football League. And what guess is who's back this week, boys? Guess who's back? Chase. Chase Young is back this week. I bet you know where I'm going with this. The Washington Commanders what? are going to Santa Clara, and they are going to defeat <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers. I got the Commanders 27 to 23. Let's wow. go, George Van Riper. What do you think about wow. that? Damn, the energy, dude. I love it. You like that? I love it. I love you love it. it. Oh, man. I don't even know how to fall. This was going to be an easy game for me to talk about. But now that you went in with that, it's... I'm coming. I like the energy. But no, um, I, I think the 49ers are a team that doesn't have a lot of missing pieces. Um, I think their biggest missing piece was quarterback. And it, and it seems like Brock Purdy has done a great job since he's filled in. Um, I just want to go ahead and say that he's probably looked like the best quarterback from the 49ers from the entire season. Would you not agree? No, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. is better than Brock Purdy. Come on. Okay, all right. I, I think I would disagree. I, I Jimmy G. is a is a game manager. I think that the, the intangibles that Brock Purdy brings is 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 something different that the 49ers haven't seen this season. Um, I think Brock Purdy might throw an extra interception or two, which might end up then losing more ball games. But the 49ers are a good football team. I will say that best best defense in the league. Uh, yes. Yeah, I can't really deny that. Um, so I'm not really sure where you're getting the 27 points from the commanders. Um, but, but yeah, man, this is tough. Trent reunion, you know, Trent Williams is going to be oh, yeah. fucking destroying people, dude. He's so mad at them. Like he's just, Big mad. He's so mad. Bro, he's, honestly... They're going to put him on a couple of those tackle poles like they had. You see it in slow motion where he's just freaking in slow motion just on a pulling long pull to destroy a cornerback. Like, Yeah, he's good. Oh, hey, Amy. How you doing? Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man. I'm, uh, damn, dude. Let me just say this. I'm going to go ahead and take – I'm going to take the 49ers here. I'm going to take them 17 to 20. Uh, but I think it's a close game. I think Heineke has a game manager type game. Hopefully he throws, you know, a, a touchdown or two and, and no interceptions. But yeah, I, I can't, I can't seem to take the the commanders here. How about you, John? I'm not mad. John, just for the record, before you go, the Niners are six and a half point home favorites. In this yeah. Game. Yeah. So, I don't, I'm happy that Brian's excited for us. Brian Let's believes go. In us. Brian yeah. believes in us more than I either feel the two of us. Yeah. So I, I'm happy you mentioned that stat, though, Brian, because one of the biggest issues with Washington this year is that the defense can hold our opponents to reasonable outputs. But the problem is, is that most times our offense can't drum up enough freaking points to beat the the yeah. uh, you know. So. I looked back and you said that we've kept our opponents to an average of 24 points. Well, yeah. we've only scored more than 24 points three times this season. <laughs> and two of them, two of them were with Carson Wentz. So oh, wow. with Taylor Heineke, we scored 32 okay. points against the Eagles. And that was the best game that we had had. And I think the defense scored some of those points, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know, man. 49ers are a good team. And 
their offense can honestly kind of do whatever. Brock Purdy's been pretty decent. He put up 35 points against the Bucks. He put up 21 against the Seahawks. Like, if he gets somewhere in between there, um, he, they're probably going to be just fine because if we don't get the run game established, Nick Bosa, I mean, we saw what Kayvon Thibodeau did. Nick Bosa and the 49ers defense is going to have a field day. Yes. Uh, our offensive line has played fairly well. And one big reason that I think that you can't make the switch back to Carson at this point is because Heineke at least can move a little bit. We saw early in the year, Carson's a freaking statue back there sometimes. And so I I just, I don't see a way, honestly, that the the commanders come out with a victory here. Can it happen? Yeah, we've proved it can earlier this year when we beat the Eagles. Um, But I'm taking the 49ers 23, commanders 13. 23-13. 23-13. Yeah. Okay, George, you may have convinced me that my 27 points by the Commanders may have been <laughs> a bit rich, but I stand by my prediction. I really do feel that this Brock Purdy-led offense is a bit overrated. Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle are liabilities. I think those guys can get injured at any given play. Debo Samuel is out. Brandon Ayuk is pretty good, but yes, um, the talent on the team, you look at Trent Williams on the O-line, you look at Nick Bosa on the D-line, you look at Fred Warner, you look at Charverius oh, Ward. This, this, is, this is the best and roster. And Kinlaw the- comes back that week, too. Oh, I, and Kinlaw's back. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Dude, I, dude, I love Kinlaw. I love Dre, I love Dre Kinlaw. Uh, um, I, th- I think this is a great team. But you know who else is a great team? The Philadelphia Eagles. And you guys walked in and beat yeah. them on Monday Night Football. So I think, I, I think the commanders win this game. And I, I, any I, given Sunday or Monday any given or Thursday any, oh, or maybe Saturday. Or, and any day that ends in Y, any team can lose. And I think the 49ers lose on Saturday. I hope you're right, Ben. Which, me too. What time's that? What, what time's that game? Or that's 4 That's a 4 05. Okay. They're all pretty you much guys right might, around 4 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. I think the uh, Vikings Giants has won. Uh, and both the Cowboys, Eagles, and uh, Commanders 49ers are both a four o'clock kickoff Dude. on Saturday. Do so you be sure to uh, the uh, the YouTube situation. With oh tickets? yes, I think absolutely. People should know about that. It's interesting. Uh, if you if you guys don't know, um, today YouTube TV purchased the NFL Sunday ticket from Directv. So if you um own Directv, like me and my fiance, you're completely fucked next year because dropping uh, <laughs> the f bombs for this. Oh, this <laughs> dude, it's, it's the holiday season. Um, DirecTV lost the battle. So if you have YouTube TV starting next year, this is starting in 2023, um, YouTube has the exclusive right to NFL Sunday ticket. So if you got YouTube TV, pay a couple bucks, you can watch any game. But also, um, for all of my cheap people out there like me, go to Dofu Sports or uh, Crackstream. Frontline.net. Yep. What's my my favorite one is... is, You can go to any site and, and just stream stream the games, but yeah, we'll we'll insert an ad there, and let's finish off the podcast, boys, with perhaps the biggest game in the division the entire year. Mm-hmm. I know this game will be national TV, as uh, Greg Olson, Kevin Burkhart, and that sexy little minx Aaron Andrews will be <laughs> in Cowboys Stadium to watch. The Dallas Cowboys host the Philadelphia Eagles. And as I'm sure all of you know, uh, Jalen Hurts separated his shoulder in the Chicago Bears game. So Gardner Minshew, the Eagles, will be starting a backup quarterback. Uh, John, a couple weeks ago, uh, we had the privilege to have your brother Max on the show. 
and he talks about how Nick Sirianni was an asshole. And I got to be honest, (laughs) he was right. So let me take off my Cowboys hat for just a minute and talk about the mindset of the Philadelphia Eagles. I think if the Cowboys would have defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars as they should have last week, Jalen Hurts could probably play in this game. But the Eagles think they have this division wrapped up. So what what do they want to do? What do my Eagles fans out there want to do? They want nothing more than to roll out mustache Minshew mania, come into Jerry's world, and spoil my Christmas with a backup quarterback to defeat the Dallas Cowboys. And I got to be honest, I think the Eagles are good enough to beat the Cowboys with Gardner Minshew. But I do not believe that the Eagles offensive staff is going to be able to generate a game plan to do it. Because when you take Jalen Hurts out of that offense, you change the entire offense. This is like taking Josh Allen out of the Buffalo Bills offense because what Jalen Hurts does so well is use his legs. He had two rushing touchdowns. That's the only reason they beat the lowly Bears last week. So I think when you take those those RPOs, those designed quarterback runs out of the Eagles offense, you take some potency out of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I think the Eagles can run the ball. I think the Eagles cover the spread. I, I, I Let me check real quick, guys. Excuse me for, uh, for my moment of silence. I think the Eagles are four-and-a-half-point underdogs. I, I think the Eagles cover the spread. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yes. But I think the Cowboys get it done on Christmas Eve because I think it, it only feels right to me. Uh, we had a backup quarterback, and we went to Philadelphia. And the Eagles beat us because we had Cooper Rush. Now, I think they have a backup quarterback. They come to Dallas. And they can still hang their hats and say, oh, the Cowboys only beat us because they have, you know, we had a backup quarterback. Just like we're going to return it, vice versa. I got the Dallas Cowboys to win this game 26-23. to 23. How about you, GBR? Yeah, man, this one's going to be interesting. Um, I think this game is going to be more about the play of Miles Sanders. Mm. I think Cowboys give up an average of 133 rushing yards a game. And I think that I'm going to take the over on that uh, for this game. You're going to see a healthy dose of Miles Sanders. I think they're going to want to control the ball and not put too much on Minshew. So this game could be a slow, kind of ugly game to watch. Uh, I think that if if you do have to put the ball in Minshew, it is hands to win the game. I think the Cowboys have a great chance to win this game. Uh, if Miles doesn't start off hot, I could see the Cowboys winning this game by 10. Um, so it's going to be uh, an interesting game. You know, I guess like, on one side, I could, again, I could see the Cowboys winning by 10, but I could also see the Eagles winning by three. So what? Uh, I'll cut to the chase. I'm going to take – I'm actually going to take the Eagles here. Um, oh, Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles here. I'm going to take them 20 to 23, and it's going to be game-ending field goal. Oh, B, that hurts, man. I agree with you, B, though. I think that this is is primed to – for you guys to answer what happened earlier in the season. Um, I think that you're exactly right. The Cowboys' mindset needs to be exactly what you said. you got to look across the the freaking – offensive side of the ball and say they've got a backup quarterback he's got moxie he's got all that fun stuff he does, you know he comes with mustache you know mustache mania yeah. but he's not jalen hurts right not by a long shot 
Nope. Jalen Hurts, I think, is one of the most underrated things about him, and I think we've kind of alluded to it throughout the season. Jalen Hurts is surprisingly a very good game manager. It's not always the amazing plays that he makes, but it's the it's the timing of the plays that he makes. He makes the right play when it when it matters, right? I don't think Minshew does that. I think Minshew has some flair and might might have a couple of interesting or fun you know, kind of quirky plays that, that happen because uh, that's just the style of football he plays. Um, but I think the only trap that the Cowboys have to watch out for is the fact that they don't have a ton of tape on him in the Philadelphia offense. So what, you know, what are you going to expect? I don't think you're going to see, again, any of these kind of like, you know, quarterback draws that they do with Jalen, where Jalen's picking up 15 to 30 plus yards or a touchdown. Um, Cowboys defense has to control this game. Their offense is potent with or without Jalen, right? We just don't know what it looks like without without Jalen. So I think Gardner Minshew could hurt you on the offensive side of the ball. I really think that the defense does its job, and I think that the Cowboys' offense is the one that needs to take advantage here. You've got to score points um, when, when you've got a team that's got their backup quarterback in because that's the easiest way, in my opinion, to, to victory. So I do think the Cowboys pull it out. You're in Jerry's world. Everything's on the line. I think this is a prove-it game for Dak. Cowboys 24, Eagles 21. Yeah, let's not forget guys named Zay Jones put up three touchdowns, let alone guys (laughs) named A.J. Brown and Johnson. I I, I, I hear you, dude. But, hey, I don't even – Gardner Minshew isn't isn't, – even Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's not that guy. So, again – the, the defense has got to step it up. They've got to be back to what they were two, three weeks ago. They've got to get sacks. They've got to pressure Minshew and make him uncomfortable. I hope you guys think, are right. I really do. I think the key to us this week is uh, what we didn't do against Jacksonville is is make them force turnovers. That's the only way the Cowboys are going to win this game. It's the only way we're going to make a run to the NFC Championship, as, as I am hopeful we do. We've got to force turnovers. And if we don't, Gardner Minshew can beat us, but... I think the Cowboys without Jalen Hurts are clearly a better team, and we'll see. And if Dak throws one pick in that first half, dude, oh, the anti the, yeah. the anti Daxers are going to be out. Be coming, I this know. Going to be coming for you. Oh, he's been coming all year, brother. I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. This is hey. Regardless, though, with or without Jalen, this is still going to be one of the best games, like you said, of yeah. the division, if not the best, um, to watch. It'll be fun, and and if anybody, uh, you don't need uh, YouTube TV, you don't need NFL Sunday ticket. Just turn on Fox at four thirty on Christmas Eve, as uh, you're unwrapping, you know, your your first presents, and uh, you'll get a good gift here from the NFC East feast. All right, uh, guys, I know Jay Luds wanted to be here tonight, uh, but he is a father. I know oh. he's out doing some Christmas shopping for his beautiful daughter and uh, handsome son. Uh, he is, though, guys, who went 2-1 and one last week. He is 25-21 and 21 on the year. So ah, he is a bad. few caves above 500. <laughs> so shout-out to Luds. We love you. Um, but he delivered us uh, a little uh, a voice message for us, and uh, here's his picks for the week. Week 16 of the NFC East Feast. I apologize, guys. I'm not live tonight. I had to send another memo. I uh, had some family obligations, so... But I'll never leave you hanging. I'll at least get you guys these picks. First game uh, this week, I want to go over uh, Philly at Dallas. Dallas is uh, surprisingly favored over the number one seed NFC Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Dallas is favored by six. 
reason being is uh, Jalen Hurts is is hurt. So uh, Jalen Jalen Hurts is going to miss this game. I think that's why Dallas is favored, and Dallas has a ferocious defense. But um, let's go with Dallas, guys. I'm going to stick with the minus six here. They're at home. Big game for Dallas. They need a big win here. Um, I got this game 26-17, Dallas minus six. How about them Cowboys? Next game in the NFC East. Uh, New York Giants at Minnesota Vikings. Vikings have been a big surprise this year. I mean, not so much a surprise, but uh, they're a lot better than I thought they would be. So uh, they're favored minus four at home. Um, Giants, has been they've been struggling. Um, You know, they've been playing hard. I don't see the team giving up, but... Um, they're pretty much, I think they're out of it, guys. I, I like Minnesota this game, 28-23. Uh, I got Minnesota covering. Uh, a little bit of a closer game than some may think, but uh, I think Minnesota pulls it out. And uh, last game here, I got Washington at the San Francisco 49ers, uh, who I think is the best team in the NFC. I think uh, San Francisco could beat Philadelphia right now if they played each other. Uh, San Francisco's favorite seven. Um you know, Washington's got a good team, guys. They're strong. They've played hard, hard all year. they got a pretty good record. Um, you know, they're in all these games. Heineke's really turned it around for this offense. Uh, but San Fran's a tough out. they got the best defense in football. They're at home. They're rolling. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to go against Washington this week. I'm going to go San Fran minus seven, covering the spread 25-13. So I am taking, uh, I am swallowing all these games, guys. I got Dallas minus six. I got Minnesota minus four. I got San Fran minus seven. Uh, my upset parlays, I like the Las Vegas Raiders plus two and a half over Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's been hot. You know, they got Pickett coming back this week. I think they're trying to help Mike Tomlin keep this streak alive with this winning record. But I just don't see it happening. I, I think Raiders are... Um, you know, it's a team that's inconsistent, but they can score some points. And Pittsburgh's had, you know, trouble scoring the ball, you know, scoring points this year. Uh, yeah, I like I like Vegas on the road, guys. Plus two and a half. And uh, I know typically I don't pick Thursday night games, but I'm getting this pick in. Probably as kickoff is going, you guys may announce, you know, these picks. But uh, I got Jacksonville plus two and a half tonight over the Jets, guys. Uh, Trevor Warren's been slinging it. 14 touchdowns, one pick, I think, in his last four or five games. Uh, absolutely slinging it. So uh, I like Jacksonville. Their defense is I like that game this week. Uh, Merry no Christmas, why. everybody. Hope everybody has a happy holiday this weekend with your families. I miss you all. Uh, hopefully I'll be on next week. We got New Year's coming up next week. Uh, but anyways, just enjoy your families, guys. Enjoy a good weekend of football. We're getting close to the playoffs here. And uh, good luck to all the teams. And um, good luck to all your fantasy teams also if you're in the fantasy playoffs. Good luck, Costa. Um Peace. See you guys next week. Merry Christmas. Let's. Hey, John, can you give us an update? Well, how's that Thursday night football game? <laughs> hey, listen, uh, to, to, all of our, to all of our listeners out there, if any of you have a time machine, you're sitting pretty right now because uh, the, the Jags are winning by 10 points. So Let's go, Luds. Let's um, go. So, Luds, I will say just a quick correction because Luds was using different numbers, I think, than we were talking about. Yes, he was. Yeah. You obviously gave those those spreads earlier in the day. Uh, but, man, I think Lud's made a lot of good points. Um, those spreads have obviously gotten a little bit tighter. So if you like Lud's picks at those spreads, you're probably going to like them even a little bit more uh, if, you know, if you're swallowing less points. Swallow them, man. And I will disagree with Jay Lud's on one of them. Uh, he likes the Raiders over the Steelers. I don't know if you guys saw um, 
uh, Pittsburgh Steelers legend running back Franco Harris mm. passed away just yesterday. And when the Steelers and the Raiders play that game on Saturday night, that will be the anniversary of the immaculate reception oh. when Franco when Franco Harris happened to make that play. I'm going to go with fate on my side. Magic's going to be in Steelers. the air, Brian says. Yeah, we got it. We got to. Uh, George, any final thoughts on this Christmas episode? Oh, man, just wanted to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year. Um, so pumped that you guys are still with us through, what, three years of the feast? Yes, sir. Man. Can't do it better with better people, with you, John, and Brian, and Lutz. Thank you all so much for, for tuning in every week. John? Absolutely, man. We appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays uh, to whatever you celebrate. Um, thanks for listening, man. We love doing this. We love it. We love you all. And uh, most of all, we love the NFC East. Mm-hmm.